Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. And here we go. It is uh, Flyers Daily for Saturday, the 5th of November. Flyers back in action tonight in Ottawa to wrap up a three-game homestand and rack up, wrap up the calendar week of hockey against Claude Giroux and the Ottawa Senators. Ooh, we'll preview that game in just a minute. Plus, we'll get to a couple of DMs that I got as well with, I thought, a couple interesting points and questions. So we'll get to that. Calendar week of hockey, Saturday to Saturday, has landed the Flyers two points of a possible six. Started out last Saturday with the Carolina Hurricanes, a 4-3 overtime loss. Then you had the one nothing overtime loss against the New York Rangers on the road. Started out this third-game road trip. And then the back-to-back on Wednesday against the Toronto Maple Leafs was the loss 5-2. And the look to salvage the week of hockey with a win over the Ottawa Senators coming up tonight. More on that in a moment. Uh, what's coming up this week ahead? So we'll see Ottawa today. We'll also see them a week from today. In between those two games, however, St. Louis Blues will be in Philly on Tuesday at Wells Fargo Center. 7 o'clock puck drop for that one. Thursday, Flyers will be on the road at Columbus. And then, like I mentioned, a week from today, Flyers will take on Claude Giroux, his first trip back to Philadelphia. And it's a back-to-back next weekend as well uh, with the game on Saturday against Ottawa at home and the game on Sunday also at home against the Dallas Stars. Back-to-back 1 o'clock games. Pretty bizarre. Uh, So we'll look forward to that coming up next week. But this week and today, it's the Ottawa Senators. Now, Ottawa on the season, they made some pretty, pretty bold moves in the offseason. Claude Giroux was kind of an obvious one. Uh, If he wanted to go there, made sense to bring him home. He is from the area, is a guy that can bring a lot of leadership, a lot of experience to a young team. So that made sense. But Alex DeBrinkett was the one perhaps was a little bit of a risk for them. But through 10 games on the season right now, a record of four and six, eight points. They are in the bottom spot of the Atlantic Division of the Eastern Conference. Flyers right now through 10 games, record of five, three, and two. They've got 12 points. And right now they've played the least amount of games in the division. They're the only team, as a matter of fact, that's only played 10 games. The top three teams have all played 11, Carolina, New Jersey, and the Islanders. And they go in ascending order or descending order. 17 points for Carolina, 16 points for New Jersey, 14 points for the Islanders. The Rangers have played 12 games. They've also got 14 points. Flyers have played 10. They've got 12 points. Capitals have played 12 games but have 12 points. Uh, the Penguins have played 11 games and have 10 points. And the Columbus Blue Jackets have played 11 games and they've got 6 points. Boy, Pittsburgh was off to a storming start to the season. I think they were 4-0-1 at one point. They've lost six straight games now and are 4-5-2 on the season. The Caps have now lost three straight games. Flyers have lost three straight games. The teams at the top, Carolina, won four straight games. Devils have won five straight games. The Islanders have won five straight games. And, And to take it full circle, the Columbus Blue Jackets have lost four straight games. It's a division of the haves and have nots right now. You're either losing a bunch in a row or you're winning a bunch in a row. So let's look inside the Ottawa Senators a little bit. You know, Claude Giroux is there now. What kind of season is the former Flyer captain having? Well, he's not leading the team in scoring. That's Brady Kachuk in 10 games. He's got six goals, nine assists, 15 points. A barnstorming start, actually, for Brady Kachuk. Drake Batherson 
second on the team in points with 11, three of them goals. Debrinkit in 10 games, he's got nine points, two goals, seven and assists. And then Claude Giroux with five goals and four assists for nine points uh, through 10 games so far as well. Kind of odd that Giroux has more goals than assists. And Debrinkit, the perennial 40-goal scorer, has got two goals and seven assists. But uh, that's the way it's shaken out so far for the Ottawa Senators and a team that you know, is scoring up near the top of the NHL, but not keeping the puck out of their net quite the same to the same effectiveness. Not keeping the puck out of their net quite to the same effectiveness. 3.70 goals for per games played. That ranks fifth in the NHL. Problem is, they allow 3.60 goals per game, which is ninth highest in the NHL. Their power play on the season is 21.2%, and that's got them coming in at 16, right in the middle of the pack. The power play, or the PK rather, 78.1%, which has them killing penalties at 18th in the NHL. And their shots for games played, uh, average what they average per game, is right in the middle of the NHL, 15th with 30.1.9 shots per game, and they allow 34.3 shots per game which is uh, eighth most in the NHL. Flyers are the third most uh, shots allowed in the NHL with 36.7, and only 26.3 is what they're generating. So it's the Flyers and the Sens tonight in Canada's national capital of Ottawa. And like I said, we'll see Claude Giroux in Philadelphia coming up uh, a week from today. So we'll see him twice this week uh, to face his former team home and away so we'll look forward to that let's get to these couple of dms that i got uh the first dm came from sean p mahoney sean uh, dm me and said this jason i'm a daily uh, listener love the show keep up the great work first of all no problem thank you uh second of all you often use the term on the podcast that i've been trying to figure out i'm hoping you can give me a very brief explanation on the term straight line forechecking he said in context you have described a player as the team's best straight-line forechecker. Uh, what, do, what do you mean by that, by straight-line forechecker? It appears Torch runs a pretty aggressive 2-1-2. How does the straight-line part play into that? Is it as simple as speed to be the first forward on the puck on the forecheck? Thanks. Uh, it's a great question, Sean. Um, first of all, the guy that I always refer to as the team's best straight-line forechecker is Wade Allison. And it's not simply about speed, because there's other guys on the team, actually, that are faster than Wade Allison. It's straight-line forechecking to me. You know, speed's a component of it, because you got to be able to get there. But it's a, really a mentality. A guy that takes the shortest path, straight line, from where he is to where he needs to go. And, you know, we know that that is a straight line. And he's a guy that's not going to go in there and try and angle a guy. He's going to go straight at the play. And you're correct with Torts' offensive system. It's a 2-1-2. And F1's job, so if the puck is dumped onto Wade Allison's side of the ice as F1, forward one, his job is to bust it and get there and meet the defender with that's trying to pull that puck off the boards, whatever it is. F1 takes the body. F2, depending on what the other team's showing, if they have another defenseman behind the net on the other side of the ice, F2 is taking that away. That's called a 2-1-2 split or a 2-1-2 two, 
you know, there's different variations of what you may call it. So F2 in that situation would take away that D to D option of a pass and force the team into the pressure of the strong side by taking away that pass. Now, if that D is not down below the goal line as an option for a D to D pass, the 212 could then be a bunch where F1 comes in, takes the body, F2 is coming in to sweep, to push to the strong side and support the play and try and get the puck after the board battle. And F3 is reading the play the entire time. Defensemen are reading the play at the blue line. If it comes up their strong side, they're pinching down the wall. F3 covers the point position. D2, the guy in the middle of the ice, is going to back out a little bit to the center because when the first D crashes down the wall in the pinch, he's incurring some risk. So D1 or D2 wants to back out a little bit and move more into the middle of the ice. But yeah, I mean, a straight line four checker is exactly that. A guy who gets in there. You know who was a good straight line four checker? Nicholas Albe Kubel. He just went through waivers again, as a matter of fact. But he was a good, that was his game. He could skate and get in, and he was strong and could get straight line, nothing frivolous about it. Straight line four check. That's what Wade Allison's good at. You know, that's his game. He needs to make that a big hallmark of his game. And I think he's a guy that if he knows what he's going to be at the NHL, he can be that. And I think, I mean, I think he is their best straight line four checker. So that's what I mean when, I'm, when I talk about that. All right, one more came in from uh, Chris Roberts. He said, uh, Jason, great podcast every day. Happy to listen and support. I'm always uh, a step late with getting my questions in, but here's one for you. He said, are you surprised with Tony D'Angelo's two-way play? He said, to my eyes, he's very easily surpassed expectations defensively, and the dude is obviously putting up points. Looks like one of the top three or four players on the team so far. Cheers, TGIF. Um, Yeah, it is better than I thought as well. He, look, We know that he's a player that's got offensive upside. And on the season, in 10 games, two goals, five assists, seven points. He's got a power play goal and three power play assists. We knew he was going to help the power play. I didn't know that he was as good of a defender as I've seen so far. Now, this is a really small sample size. But the reason why I tend to buy into this sample size is because of the sample size of last year with Carolina. I saw him play a bit last year a good bit with Jacob Slavin. And I go, yeah, he's a great partner. and But look, he's playing on top pair, and they were a really good defensive team last year, Carolina. So I look at it, and I go, this guy might be just a better defender than maybe we thought he was going to be. You know, a lot of people, when they signed him, would tell you that he was a total gong show defensively, that he was Keith Yandel of last year. And that's just not true. It's just not. Uh, he, he's got an active stick. He plays the game with a lot of emotion, which I think sometimes could be a double-edged sword. It could cause him to overplay situations or it could cause him to run on emotion sometimes when you need to be cooler, more level-headed. But the way he attacks the plays, the way he defends and his gaps, I think, have been good. And I think him and Provorov have looked pretty pretty good together. So I think they complement each other the way they play on the ice together as well. And his ability to push the puck up the ice, we all know about that. But yeah, I think I think that you're right, Chris, that I think that he does defend better than I was ready to admit or ready to that I really knew. And again, this is a small sample size. We've seen him with the Flyers and to, and Ivan Provorov. But remember, he did play about 
a little more than two-thirds of the season last year on the top pair with Jacob Slavin on a really good team and a team that was really good defensively in the Carolina Hurricanes. So maybe he is a much better defender than maybe the reputation. Sometimes guys, and especially guys that can be a little bit, have checkered history or guys that people are very polarizing on, whether that's because of the way he plays the game or because of some of the things that have happened off the ice with Tony D'Angelo, doesn't matter. He is one of those guys that a lot of people seem to have their mind made up on, and maybe the narrative isn't completely true. Maybe he's gotten better defensively. That can happen. He is still a young player. So, yeah, I do think Tony D'Angelo has been uh, better defensively, and he has surpassed my expectations as well, at least to this point. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Flyers sends tonight. We'll see El Capitan tonight, Claude Giroux, against the Flyers in Ottawa. We'll break it down tomorrow on another brand-new episode of Flyers Daily. So enjoy your hockey tonight, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on Flyers Daily. (laughs) 